Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Australia on this day. My name is Michael Adams and today we're heading back to Saturday the 13th of July 1940. That was the day that one of Sydney's most notorious razor gangsters finally got his bloody comeuppance. At around 8 o'clock that night, Darlinghurst police got an anonymous phone tip and the caller said the coppers needed to check out an alley off Butt Street in Surrey Hills. Detectives took the call seriously enough to hurry to the laneway. It was a grim little thoroughfare, narrow, dark, enclosed on both sides by high walls. Amid the broken glass and litter of the laneway, police found what they'd come here for, a dead man. He was about 40 years old, laying on his back, one arm outstretched, his trousers pulled up to the knee and his shirt untucked. What was really weird was that, like some slum pharaoh, there was a dead cat at his feet. Whether the cat had already been mouldering in the alley or whether it had been placed there as some sort of message was never made clear. Arriving on the scene, CIB Homicide Detective Sergeant McRae used his torch to inspect the corpse. The bloke had been shot three times in the stomach. Powder burns on the shirt indicated these shots had been fired at close range. There were fresh abrasions on the man's head and his knuckles. Those suggested that he'd been in a fight just before he'd been killed. There weren't any signs of a struggle where he lay. That and the way his clothes were arranged seemed to indicate that he'd been killed somewhere else, carried here and dumped like so much rubbish. As for the identity of the dead man, that was no mystery. Detectives already knew because they'd known him for the past 20 years as one of Sydney's most vicious thugs. William Smiley was born in 1900 and he lived his whole miserable life in Surrey Hills. Once he reached adulthood, he wasn't a particularly physically imposing specimen, 145 pounds soaking wet and on the short side at a shade under 5 foot 5. But Smiley had a handsome if hard face and pale blue eyes beneath a shock of fair hair that really endeared him to the ladies of Sydney's underworld in the 1920s and 1930s. William Smiley first got in trouble with the law in July 1919 when he was caught travelling on a train without a ticket. After that minor offence, in the early 1920s, his crimes gradually got more serious. He was convicted of illegally using a horse, carrying an unlicensed pistol, and then, in July 1926, got an 18-month prison sentence for an assault conviction. This was a stiff jail sentence, but it wasn't enough to scare Smiley straight. By 1928, he'd come up in the Sydney underworld and was a foot soldier for Sydney crime queen Kate Lee and was even dating her gunwoman daughter, Eileen. In April that year, Smiley was charged with attempted murder after he shot a rival gangster named Thomas O'Brien. But victims like Thomas O'Brien knew better than to talk to the cops and so the charges against Smiley were dropped. Less than six months later, Smiley committed his most infamous crime using not a gun, but a razor. On the night of the 19th of September, he was on the corner of Crown and Liverpool Streets in Darlinghurst with his girlfriend Eileen Lee. 
she saw a thug that she hated named William Scott, who was with a crim mate of his named William Lloyd. Eileen screamed, there he is, get him. So Smiley did. He smashed William Scott across the head with a homemade sap and sliced his face open with a razor. Scott dropped unconscious and Smiley kept beating him before laying in the boot and then jumping on his face. As William Lloyd stepped up, Smiley slashed his face open too and then dropped him to the footpath. All of this was witnessed by a man named Sidney York, who had a wife and a child and a respectable job as a cinema manager. Impressively, this civilian helped a police constable chase down and cuff William Smiley. Even more impressive, Sidney York was willing to testify. That was a really dangerous thing to do because Smiley was soon out on £200 bail that was put up by Kate Lee, and he and his underworld mates threatened to kill Sidney York. The witness and his family had to go into hiding, and they were guarded around the clock by police until the trial date. The crooks were serious too. One night Smiley's mates smashed their way into the York family home, thinking that they were still there, and police also later uncovered a plot to blow the house up with gelignite. At Smiley's trial on the 16th of November, William Scott and William Lloyd only appeared as prosecution witnesses because they'd been arrested and forced to front the court. Following the criminal code, they both said that Smiley was a great bloke who'd had nothing to do with the attack that had left Scott with a broken nose and Lloyd with a huge disfiguring scar on his cheek. Without Sydney York, the trial would have been aborted, but the witness stayed staunch and gave his damning evidence. When Smiley was found guilty of assault occasioning actual bodily harm, the judge in his sentencing publicly declared him a Razor Gang member and sent him away for five years. Though Smiley was behind bars and would see his appeals denied, Sidney York and his family continued to be threatened and they had to move to Melbourne. But even that wasn't far enough away. The crooks tracked them there, renewed their threats and the York family had to relocate again, this time across the country to Perth. William Smiley did his five years, but as soon as he got out, he was back in trouble. In 1934, he was found guilty of carrying an unlicensed pistol and went back inside for another six months. He'd only been out a couple of months when, at a criminal Christmas party, he used a razor to slash the face of yet another rival. This crime didn't get reported to the police, but a few days later, Smiley's enemies retaliated. Walking home at night, he was ambushed in Surrey Hills and shot three times, through both feet and in one knee. Visited by the cops in hospital, Smiley followed the code, saying, quote, I won't tell you anything. Why, if I had the town hall clock in me pocket, I wouldn't tell you the time. Smiley stuck to that, resulting in the man who'd been charged with the shooting walking free. Not even a year later, in October 1935, and just a few hundred yards from the ambush site, Smiley was shot again, this time through both thighs. He told the police he'd been approached by four men he didn't know, and one of them had opened up. But then Smiley's long-suffering girlfriend, Kathleen McLennan, confessed to police that, fed up with his ways, she'd followed him with a rifle and plugged him in both legs. But at her December 1935 trial, Kathleen was acquitted because she recanted her confession and because Smiley gallantly stuck to his original story that he'd been shot by a man he didn't know and that Kathleen most definitely hadn't been at the scene. For the rest of the 1930s, Smiley kept a relatively low profile. In June 1940, he was lucky not to be on another attempted murder charge when he shot a rival crook named George Dempsey in the hip. 
Following the code, George Dempsey didn't report this to the police. A month later, on Saturday the 13th of July, Smiley got on the beers in a Surrey Hills pub and around 6.45 that night, he went into Sadie Pinn's grocery store in Devonshire Street for a pack of smokes. And there, he saw his enemy, George Dempsey. Smiley called him a flea before stumbling out into the night. Dempsey and his criminal mate, John McIver, had done a break and enter in Cogra that afternoon and they were having a few after-work beers with Sadie in her kitchen when Smiley reappeared. He stood in the doorway with a 32 caliber pistol. Smiley started firing, hitting Dempsey in the wrist and putting two more bullets through his shirt and vest that, remarkably, didn't do any damage. Dempsey stood up, grabbed him, wrestled with Smiley for the gun and, in the struggle, it went off three times. All three bullets piercing Smiley's side. The Razor gangster fell to the floor dead in a pool of blood. Dempsey and McIver hauled Smiley's body to the laneway while Sadie tried to clean up her blood-spattered kitchen. It was only a couple of hours later that detectives followed the blood trail back into her Devonshire Street store and launched a manhunt primarily focused on George Dempsey. They caught up with him a week later, when, during a stakeout of a Surrey Hills house, he saw a detective in the back laneway and tried to escape. Ignoring four warning shots, he climbed a drain pipe and raced across the roofs of 25 terraces before a chasing detective cornered and cuffed him. At the coronial inquest into Smiley's death at the end of August, Dempsey and McIver were treated like rock stars by hordes of female fans. Here's how Truth Newspaper described the scene in the public gallery. Quote, Women of many ages, the majority of them continually and feverishly chewing gum, short-skirted, decked in furs, ranging from luxurious rabbit to expensive silver fox, many wearing diamond rings and the possessors of the cheekiest assortment of headgear seen in Sydney for many a long day, crowded into the dingy court throughout the hearing. Dempsey's statement, saying that he'd been shot by Smiley in June and then had acted in self-defence when Smiley started shooting in Sadie's kitchen, was put before the court. A Darlinghurst detective testified that the accused indeed had had a bad wound on his right wrist when arrested and that a search of his house had turned up a shirt and vest with bullet holes. Sadie Pinn's account also largely corroborated the accused's version of events. As for how much Smiley had had to drink on the night that he died, the court heard from government analyst Dr. Stratford Sheldon, who said that he had been, quote, very nearly drunk at the time he was shot. That was a bit of an understatement given that Smiley's blood alcohol registered 0.25%, meaning he'd had the equivalent of 10 or more cans of beer before his fatal encounter with Dempsey and McIver. Though there wasn't any real evidence of murder, the coroner found Dempsey and McIver had feloniously murdered Smiley and remanded them to stand trial. But a week later, the Attorney General dropped the charges. Yet the men weren't going to go free. Both were immediately remanded for the break and enters they'd done the day that Smiley died, the 13th of July, 1940. Their trial was delayed because Dempsey skipped bail and hid out in Melbourne. But he was recaptured and on the 13th of July 1941, exactly a year after Smiley had been shot dead and dumped in an alley, George Dempsey and John McIver were declared habitual criminals and sentenced to three years jail. An article reporting this news and reciting their long criminal records in Truth newspaper declared, society is well rid of them. I'm Michael Adams and you've been listening to Australia on This Day. 
make sure you're subscribed to get every episode as soon as it's released. If you've enjoyed the show, I'd love it if you could leave a review and rating at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're after more tales from our fascinating history, check out my other show, Forgotten Australia. This podcast was produced in the Blue Mountains of New South Wales on land traditionally owned by the Darug and Gundungurra people. Thanks for listening and catch you tomorrow. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.